Okay. I knew it. I knew it. I knew the Holy Spirit told me that. I knew it. Yes. Okay. Well, awesome. Okay. So we are going to get excited here about this whole concept about being brave. The message tonight is called Be Brave, Be Strong. So I want you to start by getting out your program, and I want you to read the verse with me. And I'm going to, uh, I don't have my program, there it is. because I don't want to be overconfident. So I'm going to read it. Watch. Say it with me. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all you do be done with love. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Because we got to remember the address sometimes. It's okay if you don't. You know what the address is. That's the scripture reference. Sometimes we, and with smartphones, we can find them faster, but sometimes it's good to know the address, so it's good to quote out with it. I love this, um, th this scripture, and it's awesome because, to be honest with you, our men did this retreat a few years ago. And it was really awesome because one of the things we'll talk about is that um, the word be brave, be strong is translated in the King James as quit ye like men. And it was so funny because when they told me the title of their retreat a few years ago, Bob Papik was at our church uh, running men's ministry, and he said, I said, well, what's the retreat called? And he goes, quit ye like men. And I go, quit ye? Quit, quit ye like men? Quit ye? I've never heard the word quit ye. And so it became our joke, like, quit ye like men. That was like, man up, okay? So actually, that's what quit ye like men means. It means man up. And so we are going to talk about just all the um, awesome promises that God has for us to help us be brave and be strong in his word. But these are powerful words. Be brave. Be strong. They're very masculine words. And yet God has made all of you his warrior princess. And that, hence, that's kind of why we went with arrows. I was thinking about, you know, warrior princesses and like, you know, just like arrow shooting princesses and targets and all these awesome things. But what we, we um, want to be that, but we know within our hearts, we're just many times not, not there. We're like, you might call me that God, but I don't feel much like a warrior princess. I feel more like a prisoner, you know, because fear can make that happen in our lives. And these are powerful words. And I just want to ask you, do you ever feel brave? And if you say, I never feel brave, remember, you are probably braver than you think. There are probably things in your life that you overlook that you're very brave in. And to God, it all matters. Sometimes we think only brave people do extraordinary things like run into burning buildings or um, like I thought it was awesome that Corey had said those words that, you know, you, you, you manage that brave, that fear to run into those burning buildings. But... Bravery can be the smallest of things. Bravery can be being quiet when it's needed. 
Bravery can be believing in things that are impossible. Bravery can be done very quietly. It doesn't have to be done out loud. It can be very simple and it can be very powerful. And so when you think of yourself, don't yoke yourself with a yoke of condemnation that I am always afraid and never brave. I just want to start there because I can find myself uh, getting in that. But, you know, bravery, it's, uh, the definition is that bra- to be brave is, to, is ready to face and endure danger or pain showing courage. Danger, pain, things that definitely provoke fear in our hearts and we if we're honest would like to go through this world avoiding all danger and all pain but where would we be without our heroes where would we be without our Brit? what do you go to watch in the movies don't you want to hear i'm sorry i like the damsel in distress rescued by the hero every time i i never get tired of it I always want to see it. It's so funny. Our son Joseph has autism. He's almost 20. And he does not like peril. And if there's any episode on, I'm not allowed to watch once because there's too much peril. And especially if there's an attractive woman in there that's going needing rescue, that's too much peril for Joseph. We have to turn it off. But we all want to watch those stories because that's what we want to see. And guess what? It's the gospel. That's why we like it, because Jesus is our hero. He's the bravest of us all, and that's why we want, we want to be our, like our Savior, right? He's put that in our hearts. We want to be brave because our Savior is brave, and it's, it's really what every, every good story is like, and we have to take risks to be brave. Without risk, there's no evidence of bravery, Right? But at the same time, we are been given the power to be warrior princesses. Listen, ladies, we're engaged in warfare, right? Do you know that there is an enemy who seeks to devour? And it says in Ephesians that he likes to fire darts at you, arrows, and of lies. And he wants to rob you of joy. He wants to rob you of the understanding of who you are in Jesus Christ. He wants you to make you believe you're weak and you don't have any strength and you don't have any power because he knows the power that lives in you. And so we need to put up those shields of faith and believe. But one of the things a sister in Christ told me some years ago, she goes, you know what's funny about us women? We'll go to a mountaintop like this And we'll go, I'm going to pick up my shield of faith. I'm going to believe that those fiery darts are going to penetrate, are not going to penetrate. They're going to bounce right off. And many of you've heard this. And they go up and they pick up an arrow and then it's on the ground, right? So I have successfully held up my shield of faith. That lie from Satan, that fear is an arrow on the ground. Maybe there's even another one. Thanks for the props, ladies. Even another one, and guess what? When I get home, I put the shield down. Shield of faith. And 
I know. Okay, see, I, I'm, I, I can be loud. So I can't stay still, sorry. So when I do that to myself, I realize that I can be my own worst enemy. But we have a real enemy out there. And we want to be armed up for battle. We are in a battle, but guess what? The victory's been won. And you don't fight to victory, you fight from victory, ladies. Remember that. In Romans 8:31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And if you don't have this underlined in your Bible, write in your Bible and underlined it. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how? shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And then skip down to, uh, I'm going to briefly skip through down to verse 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. We are more than conquerors. We can be brave. We can be strong to overcome. In First John 5, 4 through 6, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? You have what you need to overcome the world. But you know what? Sometimes I don't always feel like an overcomer. Sometimes I honestly have to ask myself, do I feel like an overcomer? But what happens, we said this earlier today, what's true? Our feelings lie, right? I cannot live this life and be brave if I allow my feelings to run my train. See, if I put my feelings in the engine room of my train, why, that train can easily go right off the tracks. But if I put my mind in the engine room, what is true in Christ Jesus, then my feelings will follow. And that's what I want. I want to be putting truth in. We talked about that. Anna told us about that. We need to be watchful that we're putting in what is true in our minds. But sometimes I can feel overwhelmed. Do you feel over, ever feel overwhelmed instead of an overcomer? Do you ever feel overcommitted? Anyone? How about overlooked? Maybe you don't feel like anyone cares about you. How about overrun? People are just taking advantage of you. What about this one? I often, when I'm afraid, I overeat. I overspend. I, I can use food and shopping as a way to comfort myself. I can also let my emotions go overboard. Now, when I'm all like edgy and not dealing with fear in my life or not dealing with uh, those things that, that the enemy's trying to deceive me and lie to me in, you know, I can be a real crabby Kathy. And crispy, yeah, that was our word. I can be crispy. And I'm just not, you know, pleasant, you know. And it's just, it just, and it just comes out. And, and, and I let my emotions go overboard and they get away from me. And I hate when that happens because it hurts others and it affects others. And I, I, I know that God is telling us you are overcomers. 
but I need to make sure that I plant in, in, my, in my mind and in my thought process those tools that make me realize what is true so that I don't continue to allow those things to over, overrule me, to, to overrule God. He doesn't want us to allow those things to overrule us. He is our ruler, right? He's the king of kings and lord of lords. So our theme verse and is commanding us not to be led by our feelings, but by faith to believe. And as we read it earlier together, uh, just to remember that, that that word quit ye is to mean man up. And so we want to be brave and trust God like, like strong men that are like ready for battle, that are ready to be heroic. And so that's what we want. And I know that that has been used in our culture, man up, but I think it's an awesome, appropriate way to remind us simply, you know what? I kind of think of it like in some ways I could tell myself, suck it up. Because sometimes, you know, I can just put myself in a little pity party. <laughs> and there's the pity party of one. <laughs> Nobody's enjoying it at all. It's not a fun party. But I don't want to be remaining in there. And, you know, it's, it's funny because the Word of God tells us 360 times to fear not. That's like almost a fear a day for a year. And I don't know you, but I can have 360 fears in a day if I don't be careful in my thought mind, in my thought world. So I know that a lot of us have fears. It's funny because fears just creep in, right? They just come right in they un unexpectedly sometimes. And so we are coming here uh, on our way to retreat. And uh, I mentioned to you that my son Joseph is 19 years old, and he has the mental age of about a seven-year-old. And I... Um, we, we had one of our cars go in the shop, so I had borrowed a car so Jackie would have a vehicle. I took the pickup truck with us. So he would have a vehicle to transport Joseph to therapy uh, on Thursday. So I am driving with the girls. We're all in a pit. We got, we got all this stuff, and we're just having a good time, and everything's great. We're going to retreat. We're so excited, and we're driving, and I pull on to the you know, off the 93, uh, onto the, to the pole line there. And I look and I go, in my rearview mirror, I go, I think that's Jackie on the Harley behind us. Now, the interesting thing about the Harley was it, it was slowing down. Way down. Because I'm in his pickup truck. Now, he's on the Harley, and I can see that it's about time for Joseph to be at therapy and I can see, and I had told him, I don't feel comfortable with Joseph on the bike going to Twin Falls because, you know, he is a kid. And honestly, my biggest fear is that he's going to fall asleep on the back of the bike and fall off. He knows how to hold on, but he only takes him to church and back. So I look, and, and, and who, was, who was looking? You were looking. No, Lisa's like, don't worry. I only see one helmet. He must have, he, maybe he had to run in for something else. And I'm like, okay, and I'm watching, and the bike's still hanging back, which is making me suspicious. And then I said, I go, so I slowed way down. I said, oh, yeah, you want to play this game? Okay, let's do this. So I waited, so he had to come by me, and he's as cool as a cucumber, you know. He's got his bike, he looks over, and I got my hand out the window at this point, because I could see Joseph's on the back with the helmet, and I got my hand out, and I'm like, you! Oh! 
And, and, he, and he slows me down. And then he, he pulls up next to us like this, and he's all, <laughs> and I'm like, <gasps> and I sit, and it's funny because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if, what if, what if, what if, and then I'm all, and he has no coat on, he's cold. <laughs> and I see he had a coat on when I left, how come he's got no coat on? Why didn't he put a coat on my, and I'm just all like tri- tripping out, really, on this moment of fear. Because all I can do is think about, what if they wreck? What if Joseph falls asleep? What if, what if, what if, what if? Have you ever gotten locked up in the what ifs? It's a hearty bondage. Because we can't control that. Can I control? It's done. They're on a boat motorcycle. It's happening. You know, I can't control that anymore. So, of course, I'm texting him. You know, he, he didn't answer. Yeah. Then I'm, like, calling him. <laughs> And then I left him a voicemail, and I'm like, I understand that you made the, I tried to be a respectful wife, Danielle, we were trying, right? I tried to be a respectful wife, and I said, I see that you made the decision to put our son on the back of the bike. However, he looks cold. Can you please go buy him a sweatshirt? (laughs) But inside, it was a whole other story. (laughs) (laughs) but we have fears I heard some of you talk about some of your fears it's interesting what people are afraid of one of the biggest fears in the United States is guess what spiders so I gotta tell you the funniest thing because Cassie I'm all Cassie can you are skit for us and she's all yes and I have this big spider and I just want to rope it into that skit and I'm all I don't know, Cassie. I, I, don't, I don't not trust Cassie. Always a winner, right? Every year, amazing skits. Every time. Love them. This one was hilarious. Hilarious. I'm laughing, but what killed me was she found a way to get that spider in there. I'm like, she did it. She got the spider in the skit. Well done, sister. But people are afraid of spiders. What are some of the weird fears, anybody else, that we didn't mention tonight? How about... Sharks. How about clowns? Did y'all watch It one day long, some time ago? Yes, yes. That one's freaky. Clowns. Huh? Feet? Feet. How, there's somebody here I know of that's afraid of fish. Catfish. What else? The dark. The dentist. Yes. You're afraid of Beth. Yes. Me too now. <laughs> Watch when you go back to your rooms. <laughs> but there's a lot of things. There's intimacy. Some people are afraid of intimacy. Rejection. How about just people in general? Snakes, driving, flying, terrorism. I mean, there's some legitimate things to be afraid of. Obviously, fear has a place. I mean, there's the fears, and then there's You know, you need that fight-or-flight instinct at times. But we want to talk about that kind of fear that just wakes you up. So my experience this year was that I, you know, I was telling you guys earlier, I had struggled with fear. I kept telling the ladies in Bible study, hey, will you pray for me? Because I don't know why, but weird fears just keep coming into my life, coming into my dream life. I was telling them this is the weirdest thing, but 
since I've moved to the state of Idaho seven years ago, I regularly have a dream that I'm going to Israel and I have forgotten something. I've forgotten my ticket. I've forgotten to get a babysitter for Joseph and he's home all alone. I have forgotten my luggage. I have forgotten my underwear or pants. Sorry, Josh. I forgot my, <laughs> I forgot, you know, to, to do something that was catastrophic and I either couldn't get on the plane and I'm always going to Israel. Just blows in, wakes me up, leaves me in a panic attack. What on earth? The other one is how many times you had a dream where you decided to make this decision. I'm going to go out today and everything's great, but I'm not going to wear a shirt because, you know, I don't need one. And then halfway through the dream, you realize you have made this decision to be shirtless in public. And now you are filled with this. <gasps> and it wakes you up at night. Do you do this? Is it just me? Or you're showed up and there's a test and you're like, I didn't study for this test. You know, just these weird fears and they blow into our minds in the middle of the night. Or you, or for me, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, I forgot to feed the dog. It's okay, the dog will be okay. Oh, you know, just the weirdest things. And I kind of attribute it to, you know, my, maybe it's part of my age, but it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's physiological. It doesn't matter if it's spiritual. The answers are the same. Trust God. Turn to Jesus. Ask for help. I realize sometimes to be on the, to, to, to let you know, I asked God for help. And do you know what actually he did lead me to something I want to share with you at the end? He reminded me of a tool that I used to use more often and gotten away from. The other thing he did is he led me to my doctor. I needed to get a checkup, and I had some blood work done, and guess what? I was like so low in vitamin D, and so I had to start taking vitamin D. Well, do you know that vitamin D can make you have anxiety, low vitamin D? So I just want to ask, you know, ladies, we don't take good care of ourselves a lot of times physically because we're taking care of everybody else, and so sometimes we attribute all of it to what is wrong with me, Lord? Am I so weak in my faith that I have no trust? What's wrong with me? And do you know what? Sometimes it is a physical thing. And so don't discount that. But at the same time, ask for wisdom because God, God just, he just directed me to go get a blood test. He knew. I have a sister here tonight who had cancer in her breast. And do you know what? God literally put her hand on it. And she would share her story with you. And I'm sure she'd be blessed. Can I ask you how many of you have faced cancer? Or are facing cancer even now? You are brave. You are really brave. How many of you have lost someone you love desperately recently? Well, in, the, in your life. Me too. You are really brave. Because you know what? You're here. You're still standing. And God wants you to know that all these things have purpose and meaning. Because this life, like Danielle told us, it's not our home. It's all these things that he wants to do in us to prepare us for our eternal home. And everything that we invest in our faith and trust in God here will never, ever, ever be wasted. And so that's the beauty of our God. These fears, they just want to come in. But God says, it's fear or faith. 
Choose this day who you will serve. Will you serve that master, that horrible master who puts you in the bondage of fear and allow yourself to be imprisoned by that fear? Or do you trust me where I have set you free and I have given you faith? If you need more faith, cry out for faith. Faith is a gift. And it's a beautiful gift. And it's not something we can do. It's something God does in us. And we want that. We talked a lot about that today. What are you putting our, your faith in? Maybe you get fear comes into your life with the big things or the little things. Maybe there's a sudden tragedy like some of the things we just listed. Maybe you're going through a terrible divorce. Maybe you're going through a horrific financial trial. Whatever it is, to get, your, get our eyes off the fact that God is not just not paying attention, but he's in control. And no matter what we face, he's with us. He's not looking the other way, and this happened, and he didn't notice. Everything that happens to you has passed through the hands of your loving Savior for a greater purpose. It is important that we know that he loves us. And that we evaluate this mom these moments because this fear wants to rob us. This fear is a bondage. This fear is a battle. And this fear brings me to my knees. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk first about how fear is a battle. I often feel like a victim of fear. Like it just it's just not my fault at all. It just came in and took hold of me. Do you ever feel like that? You're like, where did that even come from? You know, I mean, I could be in church and be engulfed in fear. I can be anywhere, and it can just be like, what if this happens? You know, fear wants to come over me like a wave, like we talked about. But I love this song because, you know, it talks about the, the waves of, of, of his uh, faithfulness coming over us in the Make Me Brave title song that we have. And so we want that, but we don't want to be in those gripping shackles. We don't want to be in that prisoner because we are no longer a slave to fear, but we are a child of God, right? Do you love that song? I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Isn't that an incredible verse? Well, it comes out of Romans 8, 15. For you have, no, you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, which we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father means daddy. This is not this distant God that you're to call humbly father in a household of, of, of no intimacy. That's not what Abba means, daddy. I had a wonderful daddy. He loved to have his girls come up and sit on his lap and bounce them on his knee. And even when we were 16, he's like, I just don't want to bounce you on my knee. And he never really wanted us to grow up. <laughs> and he used to clomp us at night. He used to come in. He called it, I'm going to go get your bed because I'm going to clomp you. And I'm like, okay. I'd get so excited. And I'd go run to my bed and I'd put the covers over my head. And I'd wait. And I'd hear him go, clomp, clomp, clomp clomp, clomp, clomp. It's always that tune. And then he'd come to my room, he'd pull back the covers, and he'd go on my neck and kiss me goodnight, and that was our little ritual. And it was so, it was so fun. I don't know, you guys. Okay, so my mom's gone, right? 
she passed away in May. So now all of a sudden, dad being gone and mom being gone feels kind of more grief. And uh, even though my dad passed away when I was 16, you know, they're your parents. And, uh, but God gave me such a great word. I want to give this to you. How many of you have lost both of your parents? Many, many. Guess what, girls? We're still daughters. We're still daughters. We're not orphans. We have a daddy. But my daddy, before he died, um, he, uh, he knew he was going to die. I, uh, his heart was failing. And uh, I came home from a date with Jackie. And uh, he met me at the door. And it surprised me. And I made him a sandwich. And we talked a little bit. And I, I thought to myself, I need to really spend more time with him. He's looking really, really frail. And, um, and he said, can, can I clomp you? Now, he hadn't clomped. I was like 16, so fif almost 15. Well, I was almost 16 because actually they had a service on my 16th birthday. Bummer, huh? But, um, but he, uh, I was 15, and he, he did that that last time, and it was so precious. But I love the love of a daddy because a daddy just has that sweetness that, that you can share with him where you just trust him. And, and I know some of us didn't have good earthly daddies, but know this, your daddy, he never fails. This daddy he doesn't do anything hurtful. My daddy wasn't perfect. In fact, in the end of his life, he kind of had some issues with oxygen deprivation, deprivation, and he did some kind of zany things that were a little bit hurtful, but you know what? I knew that wasn't who he really was because he was just suffering. But some of us had daddies that maybe weren't good earthly daddies, but remember this. You need to know this daddy. This is the daddy you want to really, really know because he's a good daddy. And so it says in Galatians 5.1, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not be encumbered once more by a yoke of slavery. Stand firm against this type of fear that wants to come in and rob your joy. Stand firm against it. Apply God's word because fear is a spiritual battle. I'm not a victim, I'm a victor. Remember that. You've won this battle. You've been given everything to win this battle. It says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Power. We have the Holy Spirit. Love. Love casts out all fear. Love casts out fear. The love of God, if you cannot get a handle on your fear, go to this, the cross. Because if I have nothing else to hold on to, I have the knowledge that Jesus Christ has died for me. I will not taste death. I will be resurrected and I will live forever. My sins are forgiven and I am free. That is the love that overcomes fear. And that is the good news. And guess what? A sound mind, we can have a sound mind, ladies. We don't have to be led around by our feelings. That spirit of fear is the, the Greek word for that is pneuma, P-N-U-E-M-A. It is also used of the Holy Spirit when it's used uh, in different ways in the translation in Strong's. This case, it's a wind, a breath, a spirit. 
However, what's interesting about this spirit is it is a spiritual. So we can be aware that this spirit that blows around us, like a uh, starts in subtle, it's, it is a spiritual battle. And so we need to do battle with weapons of warfare that are similar to the weapon. You don't go into a gunfight with a knife. I mean, maybe, but, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to be mannish. I don't know these things. Is that good? Gunfight with a... You don't take a knife to a gunfight. Look, I got boots on. I could say that, right? And they're from Texas. Really, they are. My, my friend in Texas gave them to me. So fear blows into our life. Hey, I was outside studying today, and there was a little breeze, and I thought, oh, that's, that's okay. I can do that. I got some papers here. There, you know, my jacket kind of blew over. I thought, I'm okay. We can do this. I'll stay here. I'll stay here. Oh, winds start to pick up. Ooh, this is getting complicated. I've got things moving around now. I, I probably should do something. Oh, and then it's like gale force winds, and now my jacket's over there, my papers are over there, and I'm like, oh, I should have got out of here earlier. But that's what we need to do, ladies. Sometimes that, that, that wind starts to blow around. That's the time to take action. You, not that God can't come in. At the, I mean, he, he comes in the middle of the storm when it's hairy, right? Right? He can come in the big storms and come in and say, peace be still. He can do that. But I encourage us, when those winds of, of, of spiritual warfare start coming against you, take action. We have been given the dunamis power of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to overcome. And we are not to submit to that master of fear and bondage. Fear causes me to miss out on a lot of things, lady. I don't, ladies, not lady, not just one of you. <laughs> um, lady, <laughs> ladies, um, because fear wants me to isolate. Do you isolate when you're afraid? Why do we do it? Well, sometimes we kind of can rationalize, I don't want to burden anybody. Or we can say, you know, I don't really want to fall apart in front of others because then they'll see I'm weak. My problem is, is I don't want to fall apart in front of you guys because I don't want you to worry about me too much. Because that's not my job. My, my job is to worry about you. <laughs> and so I can justify that isolation. But you know, I need you just as much as you need me. And sometimes it's, it's, it's uh, pride that does that to us because it's not, we, aren't, we weren't meant to run this race alone. We were meant, meant to run this race side by side, right? And so we need to need, we, it's okay to need other ladies. It's okay. But however, I do want to caution you. Sometimes I, I, go, I turn to other people for my fear and I realize that I need to be aware of the loving counsel of other Christians because they aren't always giving me the wisdom of God because maybe they love me so much that they want me to be happy instead of holy. And so God wants me to be holy, not happy. See, I'm not here to be satisfied, right? This is just my, my passing through place to my real satisfaction, and that's eternity with Jesus Christ. But sometimes I just really want to be happy. <laughs> Anyone say amen to that? I just really, if I follow out a lot of my fears, like Danielle challenged us today to follow out the root of your fear. If I follow them out, many times I get to the place of, why am I afraid of that? Because you know what? I'm going to be unhappy. 
And that's my big fear. I don't want to be unhappy because ha unhappiness hurts. So I can isolate. I can, I, can, I can pull out of relationships. I can pull out of experiences like women's retreat. I can pull out of opportunities like serving ch at church, doing children's ministry because I'm afraid that children are going to run me ragged, which is possible. But you know what? Don't be afraid because you know what? There's, there's, there's a comfort in taking a step of faith that God's going to bring you the tools you need to do it. See, he doesn't call us to do, take a step of faith that is like, oh yeah, I got this. It's not faith anymore, right? It's not, it's not watching God do it. You, you would give yourself the glory. You, God wants, we don't want to share his glory, right? So we want to take those steps of faith. And so, but you know what else it can do? It can rob me of my sleep. It can rob me of my um, patience. It, it can rob me definitely of my joy. I don't want it to be my master. I want to meditate on those things that are true, those things that are pure and lovely of good report, like it tells us in Philippians 4. But here's the problem. We fear things we can't control. So I often find that my fear is fear of the future. Future events I can't control. The what-ifs. So one of the things that I fear would be like health issue. Like, you know, you're like, oh, okay, so I just turned 50. And I'm like, oh, I know some people. Like Danielle talked about the root of fear. Like some, of the, I kind of thought of that. You know why? My pastor's wife died at 52. Brent died at 52. I have a friend named Murd Ashton who had a massive heart attack at 52. I'm like, my, Jackie is 52. And I am getting, I find that like my mind wants to take information and make it my God <laughs> instead of taking God and making him God. And so I, I was sitting here and I was thinking about these things that I can't control. I get fearful of health. I get fearful of lost loved ones, someone I love desperately dying. I get fearful of a tragic accident sweeping into my life. And I get fearful of what Joe's future looks like. I get fearful of what Joe's going to do to somebody. I get fearful of Joe um, assaulting someone. I get fearful of Joe inappropriately touching a lady. I get fearful of Joe. I get fearful of Joe. I get, did I ever mention I get fearful of Joe? <laughs> Joe likes to come into my uh, thought process in a way that I had never anticipated when God gave me the diagnosis that I would ch have a child with autism. I thought, I could do this. I used to do Special Olympics. I love kids with special needs. I didn't understand all the fear I would battle in having a child with autism. Because one of the things that gets me all the time is I think, well, if anything happens to Jackie and I, what's going to happen to Joe? And I like made my kids promise me, if anything happens to me and your dad, you can't leave him somewhere like in a group home. You promise me. And they're like, Mom, we've got this. And you know what my sons did? When they picked their wives, they asked them, I just want you to know if you marry me, and, my, and I have amazing daughter-in-laws, if you marry me, we may have Joe. Is that okay? And they both agreed because they're amazing girls, and you all know them. But I those fears come in. My new, the one that gets me now, like I was telling you, is I'm so afraid that Jackie's going to die because Brent died at 52. <laughs> I don't know if that's it or what. It's my mind doing that, and I'm like, what is wrong? me. So that's why I wanted to title this retreat, Be Brave, because 
I told you ladies in the beginning, for those of you who weren't here, when Jackie used to coach football, he used to tell people, don't drop the ball, the football players, not just anyone, don't drop the ball. <laughs> that would be weird. Don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. And guess what? They were always dropping the ball. So then he started going, hmm, let me change my tactic. Take care of the ball. Take care of the ball. And that's what we want to remember. Not like, I can't be, I don't want to be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. It's like, be brave. Be brave. I get more inspired by telling myself that. Be brave. One of the things that we talked about uh, in, the, in the, the men's group when they did Quit E Like Men, the retreat that we're doing now, is they had this really powerful video, and it was called Rock Kazak. Can you say that with me? Rock Kazak, okay? And it's a Hebrew word, and it's a battle cry, and guess what? It means be brave, be strong, be courageous. And I knew that today the Lord brought that to remembrance, and that was what Danielle had on her phone. God was telling me, tell the ladies the battle cry, rock kazak, because you know what? That's what we face, when we face fear, that's what we want to say. I'm going to be, we're going to take it. We're going to take the land. We're going to not be afraid. We're going to chant that battle cry. So let me hear you say it again. Rock kazak. Yeah, girls, you're awesome. Warrior princesses. But that's what we need to do. And we can get all these fears rolling around in our mind, and we need to take those thoughts captive. We need to take those destructive, destructive thoughts captive. Sometimes it's fear of the future, things we can't control. And I just want to urge you a little tool I got from Janet Seaclanza's Bible study. Janet's all me. Um, <laughs> is, it, was, it was a book we did called Life's Healing Choices, and it was talking about control and what a bondage control is, and we can't control our future, and we fear it because we can't control it. And we can't control our relationships with others, and so we fear relationships that we can't control. And we get into this, if I can't control it, I'm going to be afraid of it, I'm going to be frustrated with it, and you know what? And maybe this is just my interpretation, Janet, but what I got out of it was I asked myself, can I control this? No. That means what? I need to trust God. I, if I can't control it, I, where do I go? Do I, you know, and I have to ask myself sometimes, where do I go? Do I go to a friend? Do I go to food? Do I go to a pill? Like sometimes we get so fearful and anxious, we think what I really need is to just sedate myself. Maybe, with, maybe, maybe you sedate yourself with all kinds of things, entertainment or, you know, whatever you do. But the reality is that's just a hiding place. You're not safe there. <laughs> the enemy still can get in there. The only place we're truly, truly safe is putting our faith and trust in God. And sometimes we get so afraid of the failures of others that we just decide to isolate ourselves from them altogether. And we say, and that's, and, and please know, if there has been a damaging relationship that you have to cut off, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about just flat out disappointment. We've, instead of putting our faith in Jesus Christ, we put our faith in other people to make us happy, to make us feel um, a certain way or to satisfy us. And they're going to fail. And God really wants them to <laughs> because he wants you to understand he doesn't want you to share him as have any other gods before him. And sometimes relationships can actually be more important to us than God. And we'll look for counsel from people more than we'll look for counsel from God. And so it's important. And I, God told me this the other day because I, I just was praying about um, 
just, you know, kind of that criticalness that things creep in, you know, where you go, and many times it's like the plank eye story. The very thing that you struggle with is what bugs you in others. And there's a story in the Bible where, um, if you remember, uh, Jesus says, take the plank out of your own eye before you judge your brother. Well, that plank, that, or the speck, you, you're, is, yes, that's right. Don't judge the speck in your brother's eye. Take, no, I've got it all wrong. But at any rate, <laughs> this was not in my notes, sorry. So the point is being is that you're the plank guy. You've got a plank in your eye. You're judging the speck in your brother's eye. The, the translation in the Greek is of the same materials. So we often are bugged by the very same thing that is bugging up, I mean, that, that is in us. And so one time my husband uh, just sort of busted me on this one because I was getting all like, no, 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 grouchy, Kathy, I had all, you know, Jackie says I'm happy all the time, but that's really not true. I hope you all know that. That is not true. And if you know me at all, you know that's not true. But I can get crispy, yes. So I, I was uh, folding laundry. Joseph was a baby. This was many years ago, and Jackie was in the ministry and youth pastor and, and uh, studying God's word all the time, you know, and, and I, um, I was folding laundry, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, I was just doing the nag thing, like, yeah, you never do this. I, you should be doing that. La, 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 la. And all of a sudden, he does this. And I'm like, and he looks at me, go, oh, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm dodging that big old plank you got swinging out of your eye. <laughs> Needless to say, it was hilarious, and it, it stopped the nagging. It was, a good, it was a good tactic. But I do remember that. You know, I do, I, do, I do that. I can get critical. And what God spoke to my heart was is that, ladies, we need to stop putting such an expectation on the sin nature of other believers. We need, God spoke it to me like this. Why do you put such an emphasis on the flesh nature of the redeemed? They have been paid for by me. They will not bring that flesh nature into heaven. You will not spend eternity with that part of them. That's just their flesh nature. But you're spending all your time seeing only that, and you're not focusing on who they are in Jesus Christ. Because that's what really matters. And I want to tell you, if you do this, I can't wait to see the stories you can tell me of the victories you're going to win. Because that one has helped me tremendously. And I am an optimist, but I got to tell you, as I've grown older, I've seen criticalness creep into my mind. And I don't like it. I don't like that girl. She's not friendly. She's grouchy. (laughs) She's crispy. But you know what? I'll tell you this. It's, it's one of those opportunities that God wants to teach me something. And I really believe that's true because you know what heaven is? It's going to be with Jesus Christ forever. But guess what? Why are we here? We love to be together, don't we? We love to meet each other. We love to share our stories. I've heard some amazing stories from you women. I can't believe some of the things you guys have been through and how you've encouraged me. Well, guess what? Heaven is a city. And we're all going to be together. And so we not only get to enjoy Jesus, we get to enjoy each other. And that's going to be so beautiful. And so let's remember who we are in Christ and look forward to that and not get so focused on our flesh natures or the flesh natures of our poor husbands or our kids or just those things and get excited about who they are in Christ and pray for them to have victories. Because I hope you're praying for me to have victories too. 
And so why is it so hard to be brave and unafraid? Because, you know, we, we know the answer is to trust God, but many times people will come up to me and they'll go, well, you know what? Let's just trust God. I don't think that just trust should go together. Because just trust is hard. It's not easy to just trust God. Yes, it is. The, the, I know what they're saying is, is that don't try to do all these things pick the one that is real and good and going to help you, and that is trust God. But it is interesting to me how we can talk about it and how hard it is to accomplish in our lives, and we need those tools. And if I'm honest, you know, I have to ask myself, why is it so hard? Because ultimately, I don't want what God wants. I want what I want. If I have to go to the core of it, and I know that we're all being really honest this weekend, and I know that that is so helpful because one of my favorite things about retreat is when I realize I'm not the only one that, that feels like that. And so if I have, and there's a new song by 10th Avenue North out that I love, and it's called Want What You Want. And I love it because it's a great song to re remind me, and I love Christian music, and if you are not a Christian music listener, oh, I encourage you. You can get it everywhere now. We've got five stations in Twin Falls. Listen to that Christian music. You never know when that song is going to be the moment. It's like having a little Bible uh, teaching in your life, right? And so I love those things, but I realized, I thought, you know, I was talking about this with Sue and Brian at their house, and I thought, you know, why is it so hard to trust God? And it just came out right there. I'm all, you know what, Sue? I know the answer. I really have to say, I just don't want what God wants. I want what I want. I'm afraid of pain. I'm afraid of suffering. I'm af I think that, wouldn't it be better if we did it this way? See, my ways are not his ways. So let's read this. It's so awesome. God's beckoning us to trust him. In 2 Samuel 22:31, it says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust him. For he is God. Who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? What's your foundation on? It needs to be on the rock. He's our shield. And we need a shield in battle, don't you? You don't go into a battle without a shield. And it's funny when they, when, see, Paul talks a lot about shields. But the shields of the Romans, if you knew, if you, it, how many of you know this, that they kind of circled the Romans and they were tall and they could actually come together with these shields and make like a tortoise shell uh, protection and protect their whole troop. And so guess what? I love that picture because Paul's reminding them of what they're familiar with. They saw these shields. They saw these Roman centurions and guards. They understood this. But we have this awesome shield that it protects us, but also it's stronger together too. And so we need to remember that, that we can be strong with this shield, but yet God is asking us to trust that his ways are not our ways. Do you trust that God is in control of everything? Do you trust that he is good, his plans and his ways I was reading some Old Testament uh, prophets this summer, and I got to tell you, if we're honest, sometimes we don't understand this God that we serve. And I've known God for a long time. I was 15 years old when I accepted God. I've been in the ministry for almost 20 years. I have been in Bible studies since I was very, very young. And I have studied this God 
most of my life. And yet, there are times when I still realize, I don't know that I really, really know you. And I have, it's funny because I think we realize we won't trust someone we don't know. It was so interesting. Do you remember when we had the, um, the Boy Scout uh, Pinewood Derby race and there was a competition and Jackie and Jason had this competition and whoever lost the race had to shave and Jackie was gonna have to shave his beard and Jason his head. So for those of you who, are, who never heard the story, Jackie had a beard about to hear, and Jason's got a nice big head of hair. And so they were working on these cars. Jackie invested, oh, I think $100 in this car for a Pinewood Derby. I'm like, why are you wasting money on this? He's like, I got to win. I don't want to lose this beard. So Jason is good at everything. If you don't know this about Jason, it, 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 my husband loves Jason so, so much. They are so close. But it just drives him crazy when, jo when Jason wins. And Jason is so good at everything, naturally. He's just a natural. So Jason works on his car for a little bit and wins. Jackie has to shave off his beard. I thought he looked devastatingly handsome. I was like having flashbacks to high school. I was like, don't grow it back. But, but nonetheless, he was unhappy and was anxious to grow it back. But the funniest thing was is Addison and Jackson came over the next day. And Addison goes upstairs, expecting to see the papa that she knows. This is my papa. My papa has a big beard. And papa's studying in his office, and she goes up to give him a kiss. And she sees him, and she starts screaming. And I hear it, and Amber was there too. And I'm like, what is going on? And she comes downstairs, and she's so upset because papa shaved his beard, and that's not my papa. And he needs to put it back. And she just wouldn't stop going on because she's a girl and I'm not used to that. I have all boys and she's got all those emotions and I'm like, that's a long time for all those emotions to last. <laughs> how, long, how, long, how long does this take, Amber? <laughs> and she was just carrying, oh, and it, finally I was starting to feel bad for Jackie because I thought it's almost like, you know, I, thought, I don't know why, but I just like worried it hurt his feelings somehow. And I said to Addie, I go, do you think Papa would want to know that no matter what he looked like, he will always love him? No matter what, even if he's different than you expected. And she's all, I, I never thought of that. I go, see, because we all want to know that we're loved. Every part of us about us is loved. That's what we love about God, right? He, he knows the depths of our hearts. He's, he knows that, and he loves us the same. That's the kind of love he offers us. Are we offering that back, or do we only say, I want you to be this God? But when I see other sides of you, I don't want that. I don't want to trust that. And I was, so, I was so inspired when I was reading some of these hard sayings in the Bible. Dear God, I'm not. But what I know, everything I see from cover to cover must be filtered through the cross. Because that's the evidence of, of all of it. It was, see, the Bible wasn't written as like, I made man, oh, they blew it. Let's see, let's send uh, some patriarchs. Oh, that didn't work. Let's send some kings. Oh, no, how about some prophets? Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Let's send Jesus. That's not the gospel. It was from the garden when they fell, when they, when they listened to the lies. It was always the plan. 
that Jesus would die for you and me. There's no mistakes. God's in control. He's always been in control. He's nothing surprises God. And so we can trust him. And the more we know him, the more we trust him. Do you spend time with him? Do you accept the things about God that are hard? That maybe you don't understand. Maybe his justice. You can't have holiness without justice. You can't have holiness without wrath. You can't have darkness without, or you can't have light without darkness. You see, these things about God are complicated to us at times, and so I want to encourage you, guess what we're studying this year? We're going to study knowing God, because I want to know him more and more. And so instead of looking at my fear, stop being afraid, stop being afraid, I want to be brave, I want to know him. That's what I want. You see, Joshua, he got to know the God that he served intimately. And Josh, let's turn to Joshua 1, 9, or 1, 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead, and therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Underline that. Now look, it says, be strong and of good courage for the, this for to this people you shall divide an inheritance of the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may be able to observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from, the, turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. This is the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Commanded you. Commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's the refrigerator magnet at the end. But what's going on? They're getting ready to go into Jericho. He's taking the position of Moses. And God's going, don't be afraid. Be strong. Don't be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And he is. He is, and he wants us to be strong. It says the word uh, courageous or strong is the Greek word is that God makes us strong. It says to prevail by God's dominating strength. That's the word. The word is, krit, krit, I should have, kriteos. Let's go with that. So that, I don't, you're not going to be speaking Greek anytime soon, so I think we're safe. God strengthens us. It's God who makes us brave. It's God who gives us strength. It's God who makes us strong. That was our song and we want these favorable results in our life, which lead us to our last point, that fear brings us to our knees. And that's where we want to be, because on our knees, 
we are crying out to God in prayer, and we are strong. And so what I love about this is that when I was, uh, a, a, a few years ago, I was trying to articulate, you know, how to deal with fear in my life, and I always went to Philippians 4, because I, I love that passage where it talks about rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice, for the Lord is at hand, and then it goes on to talk about how you should uh, keep God central in your focus that you don't allow the thought world to get off track. And so I was like, that was my, my thing. But God showed me um, that basically what I did was I started to take a fear. So let's just take a fear. Think of a fear, any fear. So I'm going to talk about Jackie, my husband. What if Jackie died? And so then I play it out. Okay. So the tool would be, I'm going to, you can write these down. Do you, we're going to, we're going to do this when we have fear. This is a tool that I, I'm going to give you that has worked so well for me. We're going to play it out. We're going to pray it out. We're going to preach it out. And we're going to praise it out. So we're, I'll say that. I'm going to go over it. We're going to play it out. We're going to pray it out. We're going to preach it out. And we're going to praise it out. And so we're going to play it out. Have you ever done that where you go, okay, so let's just say Jackie died young and I what happens oh my gosh you know I'm alone how am I going to do Joseph how what is going to happen to us financially where you know I don't have a job Jackie's uh, not here how am I going to support myself all those things you know you start to think about and then you get to the end of it the worst case scenario no one ever marries me again I'm alone and I, I'm on my death I don't know what it is you know I'm my deathbed alone I don't know Whatever it is, guess what? God is still there, right? No matter what. So if something horrible happens and your worst case scenario happens, God is still there. When you play it out to the end, we must always remember to insert that truth that God is still there. When I, then I pray it out. Because if I pray God's word, it is not only going to transform my mind to his ways of thinking, it's going to bring me hope, but his word is alive, and it doesn't return void, and so I pray it out, but I love that the, one of the tools that this uh, gal taught me some years ago is to pray the scripture. Have you ever prayed the scripture? How many, many of you are nodding? And you basically take a promise from God, and you put your name in it. Like we just said, you know, do not be afraid nor dismayed. So Kathy, do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord, Kathy's God is with you wherever she goes, okay? Or, you know, you get the idea. So the idea is put your name in it. Make it personal. Make it for you. Maybe you're praying out of fear regarding someone else. Put their name in it. This gives me hope. This gives me direction. The next thing I do is I preach it out. And that's so true because I heard I, this, was, this was put together by a friend of mine, but it articulated everything I was doing. I started saying to myself, what would I say to me if I came to me and said, I'm really struggling with this fear? Have you ever done that? It's a good activity. So let's just say you're going, man, I, I'm struggling with uh, a fear of, of my husband dying. And if somebody came to me, and, and she said, I am so afraid my husband's going to die. What would I tell her? How would I encourage her in the word? Where would I go? What scriptures would I use? Well, then I just preach it to myself. And I say, Kathy, this is what you need to hear. This is what's true. And journal, 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 journal these things. Because you might forget them. You can go back and read them again. 
And that's so awesome. And we talked about journaling today. And then the next thing you do with that is you tell yourself those promises, but then you recall his faithfulness. Look at some of these stories that we're reading. His faithfulness is all through his word. And you go and you, and you look at those stories. And then you go back into your own life. And you look at the things that he's done. My husband was, was diagnosed HIV positive when we were first married. God healed him. God took my husband, who was an adulterer and um, a scoundrel, and he got hold of his heart. And he is a pastor serving him with all of his life, preaching the gospel. He is faithful. And if God has a plan for him to go home when he's young, then he, that's what I, I should want that for him, you know? I should want what God wants for him because I've already watched God do all these amazing things. Maybe it's um, other things that, that are coming into your life that, that are robbing you of joy. I know for me, like with my mom's death, I, I was so hard that she, uh, last time I was here, they said it was going to be any time, and she lived for a, a really long time. She lived from, uh, the, we were here in September, she lived till May 14th. And I was so worried, I was so fearful that she was going to die, and I wasn't going to get to say that last goodbye. And Marlene Quigley says, I want to go see Kara on her 21st birthday. And I go, I want to go see my mom. And so we, like two days later, jumped in a car, drove to California. I got to see my mom. I walk in, and she remembered me, because I wasn't sure she'd be lucid enough to remember me. And she was so so it was such a precious moment. My mother was German. I don't want to make fun of Germans or anything, but Germans are more stoic in their emotions typically. And my mother was more of a, you know, she was emotional, but not like me, not at all like me. She was very, you know, more stoic. And so I went in and I just, I just was so happy to see her. I kissed her and she, she was so happy and emotional. And she, she made all these kiss noises because I was kissing her on her face. And she was like, <coughs> and she just wanted more kisses. <laughs> got to have that moment with her and I left on a Monday and she never was lucid again and I got I thought God you are so faithful I live 12 hours away and he does we call those preach to yourself he's with me he's helping us right you all have stories like this write them down preach it to yourself bring back to remembrance and then finally praise it out we have so much to be thankful for. We, especially here in the U.S., we live better than most people in the world. We have so much to be faithful here in Idaho. I mean, uh, to be thankful here in Idaho. We have so much to be, there's so much beauty and wonderfulness around us. We have so much to be thankful among our, our relationships with one another. We have so much to be thankful. But, but nonetheless, even if there's absolutely no single circumstance, we talked about this many times, we have Jesus Christ. We have Jesus Christ. We have salvation. We have forgiveness. We have eternity. So with that, um, I just want to encourage you that when you face those fears, put, 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 some, put some tools in your toolbox. Get the word of God in your life. Pray it out. I mean, uh, play it out. Pray it out. Preach it out and praise it out and watch and see how God will strengthen you and you will find a bravery coming into your life and you will find that there is nothing that is too hard for your God nothing do you know I'm just going to end with this because I want to close with this song we talked about Jesus in the garden he's our hero right he's the bravest one who's ever ever been 
And he withdrew himself, it says in Luke 22, 41 through 42, it says in verse 41 that he would, he, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father, it if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And he sacrificed it all for us. And he faced that, that fear of, of being separated from the Father for the first time of all eternity. And he has been tempted in any way as we are. And so if he your great high priest who can sympathize with your weaknesses is declared this for you to see in his word. He wants you to understand he, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, right? That's what it says in Philippians 4. Philippians 4 is a great chapter. Lots of it. But you know what? We can face these things not in our own strength, but in God. And so we want to make sure that we keep mindful that our God is able he is able to help us, make us. He's able to make us brave, right? That's our theme song. So with that, I want you guys to take out your crosses. I mean your crosses, arrows. Take out your arrows, those little things that you have.